Hey friends, it's Ellie. I mean, who else would it be? This is my show. I just wanted to let you know that I also have a Patreon. I told my Patreon nets, nights, whatever. People who follow me on Patreon, I told them about you and I wanted to tell you about them. Over there is where I'm gathering things that I've written and things that I've made, all my creative endeavors, sharing some cool merch that I made on Redbubble, sharing some thoughts and insights. And for right now, everyone who joins my Patreon as a patron gets weekly calls with me. We're all gonna just get together and have a little love fest. So you can find me at Patreon, at GoGetterism. I'm also on Instagram, in case you're not following me there. Same thing, at GoGetterism. All right, let's get to the show. You know, I knew that being an entrepreneur and starting my own business would be a test, (laughs) a test of my patience and my endurance and my commitment just to seeing something through and not giving up when it gets tough. And I've always known I had this kind of grit. (laughs) I've always known that when the going gets tough, I am way tougher. And in the moments where I felt like I was going to give up or I said, I'll just get a job, just a full-time job that will suck my soul, even if it's, if it's the happiest thing that I could possibly be doing, the fact that I have to do work for someone else will suck my soul. I remember how I even got to St. Louis. Now, I'm originally from Louisiana, from Shreveport, third largest city. And while it is civilization, it's not the kind of civilization that person like me can thrive in. Um, There's not a lot of access to wealth and to, you know, a healthy lifestyle and just the full life that I wanted to live. And I felt myself just shrinking. I got my bachelor's in 2011 and that was 10 years ago y'all and I spent the next three years waiting tables and going to parties and drinking too much and watching all of my fellow history graduates sort of do the same. Um, There really isn't a market for black female medieval history scholars in Shreveport, Louisiana, if you don't want to teach. And I knew going into college, and for that matter, going into grad school, that I never really wanted to teach, but I always wanted to be an educator. I wanted to be someone who took a vision and broke it down in a way that people could understand and connect with, and teach people in a way that feels authentic to me, which is through a lot of stories and games and movement and I I really clung to that so three years later I got tired of people saying oh 
you're only a waitress every time I saw them in my very popular restaurant that I worked at. So defiantly decided to go to grad school and going into grad school was not easy. It was in hindsight, it was a great decision. Um, but at the time I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know another path forward. So I just tried something and turns out grad school was a lot of fun. Uh, met some of the most intelligent human beings walking this planet. Um, and met my bestie Chase. Hey sister. But at the end of it, I knew that I was going to have to do something. I couldn't just say, I got a bachelor's degree and just stick, say, yeah, I got a bachelor's degree and go wait tables for three years and then do the same thing with my master's degree. I knew I needed to do something. So I read the requirements of my degree program and it required that I do something called professional experience, which is basically you take your field, look at the different opportunities for career paths. You try one out, pay a couple grand (laughs) to do it. And then you tell them what you learned. And I knew that there wasn't an opportunity for me in Louisiana to do this. I knew that I wanted to be in education. I wanted to work with, I really wanted to work with kids at the time. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that to the depth and breadth that I wanted to in my hometown. So I decided to do what any go-getter would do. And I started looking at other cities. I started looking at other parts of the country and other parts of the world where it was possible for me to even find something something and I knew that this was my chance and that if I didn't take this chance I wouldn't have another I knew that if I said I'll just go back to waiting tables and just figure it out I knew my soul would die I knew it so I started looking at internships and different programs and somehow I found St. Louis. I don't, I really don't remember how, but I found St. Louis and I just felt really driven and cosmically led to just continue the search, but compare everything else that I found to St. Louis. So when I hit upon the (laughs) St. Louis Art Museum, uh, they had a fellowship. I hit upon that and I said, you know, I'll just, I'll give it a shot. Now, if you know me, you know I love art. You know I love all things culture. But I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently about the width and breadth of the collection that the St. Louis Art Museum has. The world-class collection that we have here. But I applied anyway. And lo and behold, I got high enough in the running to where it was possible that I actually would end up moving to St. Louis. So... I ended up taking the interview. It was terrible. One of the worst I've ever had. Cried in my parents' driveway while I was doing the interview in my car. And somehow I left that that interview just still not being deterred. Just feeling like 
no, this is, this is right. This is, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I talked to my parents and I told my mom, I I don't know. I just, I got to try. And she said, okay, let's go check it out. So we're in a car, booked hotel, came up for a couple of days just to see the city. And I fell in love. Now, I've been to big cities before, been to Dallas, I've been to Chicago, I've been to England. Um, but I had not seen a city that felt so like home in a way that wasn't a culture shock, but was so different that I could still try something new. And that really blew my mind. So I found an apartment that weekend. I signed a lease that weekend. And two weeks later, <laughs> after frantically selling all of my things and saying, yes, dad, I am leaving this $800 couch on the side of the road because we're leaving the city. We're leaving the state in two hours. I packed up my stuff. And I had a really small car at the time and... My parents were going to be celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. So they packed up a van with some of my stuff and some of their travel things. And I grabbed my dog and my favorite books and a couple pieces of art. And I I moved to a state that I'd seen one time, one time for about maybe... 48 hours? I think we were here for a weekend. And I just... I did it. I packed up my stuff. And I left. And when I got here, we moved all my stuff in to my apartment, which took about 15 minutes because there were three of us and I didn't have that much. And my dear old dad, bless his heart, tends to respond to being frustrated And being concerned with getting angry. It's just a little gruff. And we're in my apartment and he says, okay, you know, it's 8.30, o'clock. We've been driving for 11 hours at this point. It does not take 11 hours to get here from there, but it took us 11 hours. (laughs) We've been driving for 11 hours. We've had very little sleep. We're all tired. Uh, Let's go ahead and set up your bed. And I said, oh, I don't have one of those. He said, Okay. Let's blow up your air mattress. I said, oh, well, don't have one of those either. Big sigh from dad. And then he says, well, you're probably going to want to take a shower in a minute. So let's go ahead and, you know, let's put up your shower curtain. And I was like, I don't have one of those. And he just, I could just see all of the frustration in his face. And he just said, get in the car and we're going to Target. So my mom stayed with Charlie. It's my dog. We drove down to Target, and my dad is walking around the store, and he says, get whatever you need, whatever you need. I said, okay. And I'm walking through the store, and I'm grabbing, you know, the mid-size, mid-range price thing, because I don't want to be extravagant. And I'm, you know, choosing between the most expensive thing and the, you know, I'll get by thing. And my dad just grabs the most expensive thing and throws it in the cart. And he just says, really, get whatever you need tomorrow. We'll buy you a bed. And at some point, he just stops in an aisle and he looks at me. 
And he says, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. I was thinking he's talking about whatever purchase I just threw in the cart. And he says, no, we can pack everything back up and we can go back to Louisiana. This isn't a problem. And I said, no, I'm here. I just paid all my deposits, got all my stuff turned on. I'm here. I'm resourceful. I'll figure it out. And he says, okay. And the next day we went and bought me a bed. Then we had lunch and my dad said, are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm resourceful. I'll figure it out. Little did he know that I had $200 to last me. Who knows how long I thought that was going to last. But he gave me a hug. He kissed me on the forehead. And he said, okay. And six years later, almost seven years later, I'm still here. I took a chance. And I'm still that person. I'm still that person who saw a dream and a possibility and went for it and it was scary and I didn't know how I was going to do it but I knew I knew three things about myself one that I don't quit I never back down from a challenge ever two that I (laughs) tend to throw caution to the wind even and especially when I feel like it's something I can really do And three, that when I succeed and when I do great, that I am always ready to share that wisdom, that journey with someone else in hopes that they take some sort of nugget from it. Maybe they laugh. Maybe they are in shock that I would do something so foolhardy. But then they spend another 20, 30 minutes with me and they're like, yeah, she's, this is, this is who she is. And that's just me. I take risks. I butt my head against a challenge and say, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to see it through. And in the past, it was kind of a defiant stance. And I don't necessarily want that anymore. I just, I just don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to be afraid of what I think might happen or where I think this is going to end up. I just want to keep being that person who packs up her bags, believes in herself, and figures it out. And just to close that end of the story, I did end up graduating. I did end up getting an internship when I got here, and it was wonderful, and I had a great time. And no, I am not using my master's degree to its full potential.